When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We think about the people that are out on turkey completely. Like they're willing to do anything but turkey. So what I think is they don't they're not athletes. Um, and by that, what I'm saying is if you don't practice, how can you be good on game day, right? But if you want to be an athlete, you gotta answer the bell. And if you don't want to answer the bell, that's okay. Cause you we I'm built different. I cook turkey year round so that I'm ready for this. I cooked a turkey three weeks ago so that I can make stops. Okay, I got tur- I got a turkey carcass in my freezer because I got to make more stuff. <laughs> so I'm ready to rock and roll. If you don't want to rock and roll, that's okay. Don't play music. But at the end of the day, the reality of it is, is if your turkey's bad, no, you're bad. Michael Felder coming in hot with his cooking tips here for Thanksgiving. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross here. Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth are off, but joining us here on this lovely Thanksgiving is Kate Constable here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Hey, joining us on the program today, Zach Walchuk of 105.3 The Fan in Dallas with a report on the Cowboys before their annual Thanksgiving game. And Evan Giddings from KGMZ in San Francisco gives us an inside look at the 49ers before their contest later tonight. But first, Kate, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. As far as the cooking, the trimmings, all that good stuff, are you going to raise your game to that of Michael Felder, who was on the show earlier this week, giving us college football takes and, of course, how to do it right with your Thanksgiving turkey? How can you not love Michael Felder, right? I used to work Uh, with him. He, all he did was talk about his cooking all the time. And he's a fantastic cook. Unbelievable. And so he's completely right. If you're not practicing on something year round, how are you supposed to perform well on game day? I unfortunately am not going to be doing any cooking today. Um, I'm with the in-laws. Big, big group, small condo. So we're going to the country club. Not, I mean... First world problems, right? Like I can't complain too much, but it is kind of sad that I don't get to do any cooking this uh, Thanksgiving because I do typically like to, I don't really, I mean, candidly, I don't raise my game to the level of Michael Felder, but I'm working on it, Adam. That's the best, best you can ask for right now. It's all about practice. It's all about being an athlete. Like you said, now you said you worked with him. Does that mean you've actually tried his cooking? I have not. Um, I, I want to say, yeah, he would make like, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, wood fire pizza in his backyard or okay. something and bring that into the office. He always had like some new pizza he was working on it. I mean, it, 
he's hmm. intense with his food and it's very very good okay so here's a guy who's talking about uh, he was talking about this earlier this week where he has two birds that he will take care of for thanksgiving you've got your picking bird which you make first because you know you you deep fry that and then you take it out mm -hmm. and then people want to graze on it and that's what the picking bird is for and then you have the masterpiece the coup de gras and that's what you're actually carving for your thanksgiving feast and now you're telling me he also does pizzas and different kinds of pizzas and all sorts of different varieties there like do these cooking skills know no end they have no boundaries michael feller's cooking skills have no boundaries i mean he makes his pizza dough from scratch he makes his bread for his brioche buns for his burgers from scratch like the guy is unbelievable in the kitchen and extremely creative too follow him on instagram he posts a lot of this stuff i mean he's got a podcast that's like how to grow i, I mean Michael, I'm sorry. I haven't listened in a long time. I have listened before, but not a long time. I think it's like how to grow the soil to plant the vegetables in order to have the 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 cream of the crop of all of it. Like it, it's it's in depth the way he does his cooking. And it's all from scratch. I, rem I remember him talking about like cream grilled corn or something like that. Yeah. And, I, and it's one of those things where it's like he'll rattle off like 10 to 12 dishes and I'm going, okay, Go back like eight dishes ago, because I want to ask you about this, because I've never heard of what this is before. Uh, but this is amazing. Now, here's my question when it comes to like Thanksgiving meals, because this matters a great deal. You're out in the central time zone. I'm out west. And so mm -hmm. we know what the tradition is, right? Like we've got the Lions game happening at 1130 your time, 930 my time. And you got the Cowboys game right after that. And now we have that primetime NFL matchup. So I'm curious on your end, as far as getting your bets in, and the best times to eat and when you can eat whilst watching football, do you prefer lunch, a late lunch, an early dinner? What's the best for your schedule? 3 p.m. Central, best time to okay. be eating Thanksgiving dinner. You wake up, you kind of, you know, turn on the TV, you check things out, put some bets in, kind of look at the lines a little. You start your some of your prep during while the the packers lions game is going on you have that on you know in the background in the other room keeping an eye on that starting your prep getting things going in the kitchen you eat in the early afternoon while the afternoon game is going on or just about to start and then that way by the time the prime time night game comes around you've got a full belly you're laying on the couch unable to move all over your focus your only focus that for that night game is the night game maybe have a nice glass of wine in your hand to kind of finish off the evening. That is my ideal Thanksgiving right there. Okay. Cause you know, I've only been in LA for a few years now. I'm still getting used to this whole Pacific time zone thing. The lions game starts at nine 30 for yeah, me. That's tough. Now, that's for tough for you. Yeah. So it, it's something where, okay. So the show ends at nine o'clock Pacific. So definitely like, I mean, I already have my bets placed. We're fine. But if there are last second things that I want to get into, well, I have 30 minutes to knock that out and that's fine. So, you know, Paul, please don't let the post-show meeting last uh, too, too long, please. And thank you. Uh, but when it comes to like getting bets in, okay, you know, I've got 30 minutes. That's fine. Lions game starts, but then the Cowboys game starting at like one, one thirty thereabouts. So I mean, I suppose it's okay to miss the beginning of that one. And that's probably how this is going to go down for me. But at the same time, like I also come from a family and also coming from the central time zone where for some reason that college football night game still carried some significance. So we were always eating at lunch. 
And more recently, I did have a dinner, a late Thanksgiving dinner. I think this was two years ago while I, it was my first Thanksgiving in LA, where it was like 7.30, 8 o'clock, where the games were just about over by then. And I loved it. Like, I had no distractions. Oh. I could enjoy everyone else. Everyone had ample time to make what they wanted. We had a little charcuterie board that we could graze on while the games were happening. And I thought, okay, I think this is how it's supposed to get done where you wait until the end of the day, you can graze on other things and that's fine. But the end of the day where, okay, you're so tired from all of that turkey, well, it's time to go to bed anyway. So maybe that's something where you have to adjust when to eat based upon where you are in the country. Oh, I think you completely, completely do. Because, you know, if I'm mm -hmm. like, the, your Lions game starting so early, that... I, I, I don't know what I would do with that. Like, then you have to wait until that game is over before you start getting in the kitchen or cooking or starting your grazing or whatnot. I don't hate the, um, you know, eat after all of the games are over. But the only thing for me is like Thanksgiving. I just kind of go into that day in, in football watching mode of like, I'm not going to be able to watch these games as closely as I would like to, or as I typically do. There's so many people around, there's distractions, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like keep an eye on the TV, keep an eye on the game. We'll obviously have it on in every room, but I can't like, I just know that I can't sit down and watch the full game start to finish without being insanely distracted throughout the day. So that's why for me, it kind of is like, eat whenever it's convenient for my stomach and the timing of cooking and getting things started versus trying to time things out with with games and, and it's also a matter too of what you are perhaps imbibing throughout the day to where you're not overdoing it by the time dinner rolls right. around and so that i i am firmly convinced that thanksgiving is more of a wine drinking kind of holiday if you want to drink something else that's fine uh, but if you are going to go for something that is, say, of the adult beverage variety, I think wine's probably the best bet. Now, stay hydrated, boys and girls, because, you know, you don't want to go crazy here. But make sure you have a little glass of water nearby all the time. But I think that's also a big deal, so you're not overdoing it. So by the time dinner rolls around, then you're set to go. Yeah, I mean, maybe an occasional Bloody Mary in the morning if you're into that. But, like, I don't want to mm -hmm. be pounding beers on things. I mean, I really have... Don't really want to ever be pounding beers anymore but on thanksgiving <laughs> especially like well, why not kate <laughs> well, well because i've done that one too many times in life and my body is failing me when it comes to uh processing alcohol uh but a nice classy you know glass of red wine with your mm -hmm. thanksgiving dinner maybe a little champ i could go for some sh afternoon champagne that would be fine with me i'm i'm good with that but yeah definitely the red wine with dinner even after kind of into the evening as you maybe sit by a fire if you're in the Midwest and it's chilly. That's the best. And I mean, minute, I mean, Thanksgiving in Minnesota, I live in Chicago right now, but I'm from Minnesota. Thanksgiving in Minnesota, when it's cold up there and you've got the fire going with the warm socks and the wine and all that, you really can't beat that. And you got to You got to try Minnesota Thanksgiving sometime. That sounds amazing, actually. I'm definitely on board for that. And it should feel cooler, right? Like, especially yeah. at this time of year, like, I, I mean, I'm from the South. And so sometimes we've had warm Thanksgivings and I can't wear like a nice sweater or something like that, or I can't create a fire because it's just too warm, all of those things. So 
yes, it should be cooler. Minnesota or somewhere up north probably is nicer for this time of year. So definitely, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I would be on board if, uh, you know, all the uh, ads sort of cross that way. Lots of football that we will get into throughout the course of the festivities. Three football games uh, we will get to uh, throughout our time together. But, Kate, I want to ask you about uh, a little bit of NBA because what's been fascinating about, say, like this in-season tournament uh, is trying to discern, okay, who's taking this seriously? Who is trying their best? Like, who are those young, scrappy teams? How far can they get in a tournament like this uh, versus, say, those teams that we probably already handicapped as potential NBA champions? Uh, but maybe they're taking this seriously. Maybe they're not. It's hard to say. Just from what you've seen so far, do you have any main takeaways? Obviously, the Pacers and Lakers are already into the knockout stage, but do you have any overall general takeaways as far as how teams are approaching this tournament? Yeah, I've actually been kind of impressed at how serious a lot of these teams are taking the the in-season tournament games. I mean, you have the Lake the Lakers were probably one of the last teams that I thought would have taken this seriously. LeBron's the oldest player mm -hmm. in the league and he is is talking about wanting to make it into the knockout round uh and and possibly win the whole thing. Like that's great for the game. That's exactly what Adam Silver wanted when he put this whole in-season tournament together. So, I've been impressed with players not resting these games. Um, you know, they've been very competitive. You've had some great games uh, coming down to the wire. So I initially thought it would be a ton of really young teams that were kind of in the finals or, or going to make it into the knockout round. Pacers are one of those, but I mean, they've been really good this season. But then you have a lot of the favorites. I mean, the Celtics, it looks like they're probably going to win their group. The Bucks and Heat, two veteran teams mm -hmm. at the top of their group. Um, Kings and the Timberwolves one of those two teams will um will will probably advance there so they're more of the veteran teams that are actually taking this seriously and are likely to make it into the the knockout stage which is kind of surprising to me and i think it was also a fantastic foresight by the league to make sure that these games were happening at times when veteran laden teams could be able to rest mm -hmm. at other times or not overdo it going into an in-season tournament game or something like that where i think the spacing and the scheduling mattered a great deal to where uh teams didn't feel like they needed to rest or feel like okay well yeah it's an in-season tournament game but we need to make sure so-and-so is healthy or rested or whatever and so I, I think definitely the league, as well as anybody, is fully aware of the challenges of a grueling 82-game NBA schedule might be for older players. And so they made it a point to make sure that these games are staggered as far as specifically the in-season tournament games. But also if you're doing, say, a back-to-back -back or something like that where it's not going to be so overwhelming. Or, say, that non-in-season tournament game of a back-to-back is something where, okay, maybe that's something where as betters, you can go to the other side, but here still teams can still take it seriously and are presented those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're Adam Silver and, and the league, this tournament has probably gone the way this first year of it uh, has gone is probably best case scenario. And you imagine that it's only going to get better and teams are only going to take it even more seriously as they get to Vegas. Uh, I mean, in, take it more seriously in the coming years. Cause once they get to Vegas, mm -hmm. they see how cool it is. Uh, they get to see their prize money, all of that jazz. Like uh, the tournament's only going to get better from here. Similar to how the WNBA commissioner cup has gone. That's grown throughout the years. I kind of like this in season tournament thing. It, it makes some of these games a little bit more fun. 
Uh, before we go to break here, I got to ask you about uh, Greg Popovich telling his own Spurs fans over the public address microphone not to boo Kawhi Leonard. What'd you think of that? Ugh, I mean, come on. That's part of sports. That's, that's what makes it fun. Like Kawhi left everyone in San Antonio doesn't like him now. They're going to boo him when he comes back. I'd say just keep letting him play. That that was silly to me. And uh, I mean, booing is part of sports. That's what makes it fun. Let him do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you there. And it's like, I, I think profanity is one thing, but booing, booing you should is, expect that going into any situation. Fine. So yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with you there. Probably a little overkill. Pop always been a player's coach, but still, I, I think I'm with you there. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our previews of Thanksgiving football, beginning with the Packers and the Lions. That's right here on the BetQL Network.